Chacarín.
And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Conspiracy of Owls with Raving Mad from the Burger Record Label. The Burger Record Label. Thank you very much for sending that to me, Nardwar, the Human Serviette. The Burger Record Label, who are also releasing something new by Dwight Twilly. If you want to know the genius of Dwight Twilly, go into YouTube and type in Dwight Twilly and the song Girls. Girls. Dwight Twilly. Soon to be unleashed in a different form. Not the song Girls, but still some Dwight Twilly to be released by the man they call the Master Burger Records. Today on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, interviews with Grant Lawrence, who was on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show last week, and an interview with rapper Yella Wolf. And right now, we have a caller. Caller, are you there? I am here. Who are you? This is Grant Lawrence calling back in again, second week in a row. On the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. Now, Grant, please explain who are you, why are you phoning into the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, a bit of background in case anybody didn't catch our hour and a half conversation last week. Yes, if anyone uh, missed that or, or uh, turned it off, uh, I am... Uh, my name, as I said, my name is Grant Lawrence. I'm uh, currently the well. I guess I will always be the author of a book called Adventures in Solitude: What Not to Wear to a Nude Potluck and Other Stories from Desolation Sound. I also work for CBC Radio Three, and uh, I am calling you today from Desolation. Well, I think there's, I think there's two payphones in all of Desolation Sound, and I'm calling you from one of them uh, at the head of the Oak Over Wharf in, uh, in Desolation Sound, B.C. So you're actually back in your old stomping grounds, and you love the expression, who cancelled? Who cancelled? You love that, don't you, Grant? Yeah, well, it was, uh, you know, I, I've just come in to the phone from the cabin and uh, on my friend's boat, and if there was any problems, you would have been asking the, the you would have been asking that question. Your callers would have been asking that question because I would have had to cancel. Well, also today on the Nardwara Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with the rapper Yella Wolf, and I know you love wolf names, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, an interview with rapper Yella Wolf. Wow, dare to dream. Coming on after an interview with Grant Lawrence. We have Grant Lawrence live here on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, author of Adventures in Solitude, a book that mentions John Wayne. And believe it or not, Yella Wolf has a tattoo of John Wayne and Michael Landon. And Michael Landon. Yes, he has a Michael Landon tattoo, which makes me think of your sister, Heather. Did she have a little house on the prairie fixation, or was it more Brady Bunch? Uh, she, she had equal parts 
Brady Bunch and Little House on the Prairie fixations. But I must admit that I also liked both shows, and I was really into Michael Landon as well. Now, Yellow Wolf, as I mentioned, is a rapper. You're not really a rapper yourself, Grant, although you've done much rock and roll with the Schmugglers, and again, you're the author of a brand new book called Adventures in Solitude. Now, Yellow Wolf is a rapper, but you've had some experience with rap-type bands. What can you tell the people, Grant, about Right Said Fred? Oh, God, that's barely, barely a rap-type band. Um, but yes, the uh, British one-hit wonders, Right Said Fred, were once flown in to Canada in, I believe, I guess it was 1992, in uh, to the National Arts Centre of Canada. My band, The Smugglers, won the YTV Achievement Award the year before us. 1991, the year of Nirvana, the Bare Naked Ladies won. 1992, the Smugglers won. 1993, Plum Tree won. So uh, there's you know some interesting uh, pedigree there from right across Canada, and uh, so it's. Uh, uh, so they they brought. They were hot. They were the hot band. Who? Right said Fred. Yeah. So they brought in some big stars to play the YTV Achievement Awards. So. Uh, they brought in a Canadian act. Uh, they brought in uh, Crash Test Dummies to play uh, Superman Never Made Any Money. And then they brought in Right Said Fred uh, to do their big hit, uh, which is, um, uh, what was it, In Cars? No, that's Gary Newman. Do You Think I'm Sexy? Yeah, Something do, like that. Yeah, or, or it's like... Uh, on, the, on the Catwalk. Yeah, uh, On the Catwalk. On the Catwalk, babe. And... Uh, and we, we met him, and he was a nice guy, and uh, we partied with him, and uh, our guitarist Dave Carswell loved that Right Said Fred song at the time, so they got along pretty well, and uh, yeah, that, that's uh, the Right Said Fred story. Not, no, no real dirt there. Well, it connects you to Yellow Wolf, the rapper, and again, today on the Nardware to Human Serviette radio show, Yellow Wolf, the rapper, coming up right after Grant Lawrence, the author of Adventures in Solitude. Grant, this week you're going to be reading from your book at Sitka Books? Yeah, well, I mean, right tonight I'm in Powell River, so this is my tour schedule over the next couple of days is um, uh, Breakwater Books in Powell River, B.C. tonight, tomorrow night Coho Books, in Campbell River, British Columbia, and Nick Thorburn from Islands has been helping me out with uh, places to stay and nice restaurants to eat at for dinner. And then Sunday night at the Laughing Oyster Bookstore in Courtney, B.C., and then Tuesday night at Sitka Books, brand-new independent bookseller in Vancouver, on 4th Avenue, right across the street from Zulu Records, and that's the Vancouver is Awesome Book Club. So, uh, the, the, you know, I remember one of the, my favorite things when getting a, uh, a tour itinerary, being in the band, was seeing all of the club names and all the city names. And uh, now I get the itinerary, and it's these bookstores, but the, I, I get the same 
type of uh, adrenaline rush when I see these, the, you know, Laughing Oyster, Coho, and Sitka. What other authors have been into those stores? Well, um... Like, who are you following on the <laughs> footsteps of? Well, as, you know, I know you always love to go and... I mean, are you blazing a trail? Because, Grant, you're banned the Schmugglers. You played Seattle more, say, than, like, Spirit of the West and stuff in the 90s. There weren't a lot of Vancouver bands until, like, Spark Marker and Strain and Superconductor came along that went to the States. You were going to the States because a lot of Vancouver bands were staying put. So are you seeing the same thing, too, with authors? Are you going to places that no Vancouver authors have gone before? Well, certainly I think of my age bracket um, because, you know, as you always love to do and I always love to do, when we get to a club and we're on tour, we check out all the other posters, you know, who's coming up, who was just there. So I've done that with the authors. And, you know, uh, like at, at um, Lefty's Seafood Restaurant attached to Mulberry Bush Books in Courtney, B.C., you know, like Arthur Black had just been there. And uh, coming up uh, was an author of, uh, of someone who collects uh, railroad spikes from all over British Columbia. You know, but not, not like, you know, there's not a lot of people like uh, Charles Demers or, or Douglas Copeland at these places. And you are Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude. And if we can go back to last week, last week, where did you phone the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show from? And how did it go last week? The listeners want to know, how did it go last week? Not on an Ardwardy Mustafia radio show, but how did the reading go last week? Where were you last Friday? Well, I, I uh, uh, the last week I called you from Salt Spring Island. Similar day. It's sunny day up here in Desolation Sound. It was a sunny day in Salt Spring Island, but uh, inconveniently the payphone is in the shade. So I get quite chilly, and um, the reading in Salt Spring didn't go that well because usually I'm totally on the ball, and I I can read from the book really easily and great flow. All my timing is right, but I was a little pooped because I had to talk for 90 minutes. On the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show. Yeah, to you immediately before the load-in for the book event, and I was a little tired and a little out of it. Did you find out anything about the DOA fishbone gig? Uh, I did ask about that because the, the part of the book I read actually had a DOA reference. And uh, so I, I mentioned afterwards, yeah, I was just talking to Nardwar, and, and uh, he said that, you know, DOA uh, played here, you know, uh, and an infamous DOA fishbone gig, and uh, there was silence from the audience. Bah, boom. Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude. Last week, I asked you about a Subway sandwich. To begin this week, can you please tell the people about the flashlight? This is not in your book, the flashlight. You, Grant, you, Grant Lawrence, have written, actually, actually refers to a bit of the animal incidences that are in your book. What is your book about, again, just in case people don't know? Like, okay. it's your well, memoirs of... Yeah, it's, it's my memoirs of growing up in Desolation Sound, B.C., remote coastal wilderness where we have a cabin... Uh, first half of the book, I hated it. Second and a half of the book, I love it. And I'm actually calling from uh, a payphone that was a replacement for the one that was smashed off its moorings, the story of which is in my book. 
Here's something not in your book. The flashlight. Grant, what do you tell people about a flashlight and a toilet bowl? Okay, well, last week you made me tell the Subway sandwich story, so this week it's the flashlight. All right, so Smuggler's Tour, probably around 1996 or 97, uh, we had played... Reno, Nevada. It was either Reno or Las Vegas. It was one of the two cities in in Nevada. And uh, you know, we would always we we would go to the casinos and we play the nickel slots. And Dave, uh, our guitarist, was exceptionally. He really developed a knack for video poker. And a couple times he won big. Like he won thousand bucks, or he won you know twenty five hundred dollars, and he would get the big novelty check handed to him, though he did have to demand it. Um, but so we would, you know, we'd, you, you, the, the, the rule of thumb is that if you're gambling, you get to drink for free. Now, sometimes if you're on the nickel slots, you basically have to yell at the cocktail waitresses to bring you a drink, and then they'll bring you this watered-down gin and tonic. So we were drinking a lot of these. And uh, we are like, okay, guys, time to leave, and we're leaving fairly late at night and we're heading to Los Angeles or San Francisco or some California city. So we're driving out and I guess the uh, cheap gin and tonics didn't agree with me and about 30 miles out of Las Vegas I say guys, 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 we've got to pull over right now, right now. So we pulled over into this truck stop and I uh, ran into the washroom and it was a horrible washroom. There was only, uh, it was a very small washroom. There was only one stall and a sink beside it. And I think, uh, I don't even think there was a urinal. I think it was just toilet, stall, sink. And I ran in there and there was nobody there, thank God. Jumped into the stall and then had horrible, uh, explosive diarrhea volcanic diarrhea did you do the bomb as a little aside what's the bomb remember the bomb that's what fluff from olive lawn aka O from olive lawn would do when he would go into a toilet where he didn't want to put his bum to the toilet seat oh no i did not drop the bomb i i just wiped it clean and put some toilet paper down now, what is the bomb though well it's hovering yeah, hovering, but there's a special thing involved with well, the bomb. It's, it's doing the Ray Dong Chong. You take off your pants and you stand on the oh. toilet. And then just as you're dropping the bomb with your right foot, you flush the toilet so there's no splash. Wow. That's the bomb. So you're, you're standing on the toilet facing the toilet bowl? No, you're facing the door. Oh. See, so then you reach around behind you to flush. Yes. Well, that's uh, okay. I didn't know that move, but uh, it's a good one. Um, and then, uh, so any, anyway, I'm in there, and I'm doing it, and I'm having this horrible experience. And then I hear people coming in to the bathroom, and there's no urinal, and so they're waiting for me, waiting for me, waiting. And, you know, I hear, and I hear the deep voices grumbling, and, and I realize that there's a, now there's a bunch of truckers waiting in the bathroom for me to go and that makes me even more anxious and finally i finish and i'm kind of looking into the uh toilet just to sort of see what was going on make sure there was no blood in the stool and uh i'm the mechanic for the i was the mechanic for the band for years 
and there uh, I kept my tools. I had a wrench, and I, I had this expensive mag light that we we just bought. This little flashlight. And as I was leaning over the toilet bowl, the uh, mag light slipped out of my pocket and fell into the toilet bowl and just went bloop. And I I didn't know what to do. And and I was looking around. And now, by this point, uh, there were people actually knocking on the door of the stall trying to get me out of there, going like, come on, what's the deal? And I was getting a little upset. And and then I looked back into the toilet bowl, and I realized that the flashlight had managed to turn itself on and was illuminating the mess from the bottom of the bowl, which was kind of surreal and kind of, you know, like a like a Las Vegas fountain gone wrong. And so then I, I'm like, I'm looking at the bowl, I'm listening to these guys, and be, because I had just bought the mag light, and we were very, very cheap, and uh, because I, at the time I was in my 20s, I had very little self-respect, I simply rolled up my sleeve and reached into my own diarrhea and felt around the bottom of the toilet bowl for the flashlight, grabbed the flashlight, pulled it up, and it looked like I had dipped my arm up to my elbow in a vat of chocolate. And I didn't know what to do. And these guys are banging on the door even more. And so I finally open up the door and the, the of the stall, and the bathroom is filled with about... I'd say about like seven big truckers. And I come out holding a lit flashlight with my arm and hand and flashlight covered in shit. And they parted like I was brown Moses in a redneck sea. And I went to the sink and I washed off as best as I could, and I kind of felt them getting a little antsy, going like, oh, what, you know, what the hell is that guy doing in there? And I, I washed as quickly as I could, and then I ran from the bathroom into the smuggler's van and said, go, 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 we got to go right now, right now, go, go, go. And uh, the smugglers didn't ask any questions. They were used to this type of situation occurring all over North America. So Dave just hit it into drive, and we peeled out of the gas station, and about uh, 20 miles down the road, I told the guys the story. And unfortunately, that story is saved for the next edition of Adventures in Solitude by Grant Lawrence. And we're speaking here to Grant Lawrence, the author of Adventures in Solitude, a book all about desolation sound, adventuring, summer homes, 604 604- 822-2487-604-UBC-CITR if you have any questions for Grant. And if you're in Vancouver right now, which you most likely are, check out Grant this Tuesday, November the 9th at 6.30 p.m. at Sitka Books at 2025 West 4th, where Grant will be giving a reading. Some stuff from Adventures in Solitude. Desolation Sound Grant. You were talking about Reno and stuff like that, or Las Vegas. What do you remember about the place called Roscoe Bay in Desolation Sound? Well, I remember that uh, Roscoe Bay is a uh, essentially a, a very deep and narrow lagoon on West Redonda Island. 
where you have to enter at uh, high tide because uh, the sailboats and yachts can get stuck in there at low tide in the saltwater lagoon and up a very short trail there is a beautiful very very warm lake called black lake and it's one of the warmest lakes in the whole area and uh, at certain times of the year there's uh, a real uh, massive frog migration uh, along those paths where you have to be careful where you're stepping because there'll be uh, hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of tiny little baby frogs hopping along the trail. Do you ever go to all those different lakes like Black Lake? What about Tinnitus Bay, Unwin Lake? Yeah, yeah, I go to all of them. Yeah, Tinnitus Bay, Unwin Lake, all those places I go all the time. They're uh, they're all beautiful and they're all original homesteads. So they all uh, have some fruit trees growing in them, and uh, but now they're all fairly well-known anchorages around Desolation Sound. How come in your book, Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, and we're speaking here to Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, Grant also from The Schmugglers, how come an important place in Desolation Sound, Refuge Cove, does not show up till page 241 in your book? Um, well, just because it's a long way from where we are in the sound, and so uh, I, I didn't actually, we had a tiny little boat for the longest time with a little, uh, quite a small uh, mercury outboard engine, and so we didn't actually, oh, and it didn't have a, pras- a plastic propeller, amazingly, but um, we we weren't able to get to those places, and so Refuge Cove was uh, about um, 40 minutes away from us out through the open water of Desolation Sound, so it wasn't until we got a big boat, and when I say big, I just mean like a slightly larger sort of relic-sized boat, that we could start getting to other areas of Desolation Sound, and uh, that's when we discovered places like Preto Haven and Refuge Cove and Squirrel Cove, Refuge Cove being an absolutely uh, beautiful cliffside village, uh, really spectacular. And uh, yeah, I I had never been there until I was an adult, and uh, now uh, I go there all the time. Now getting to Desolation Sound is a couple days by boat, probably about one day by car, taking a couple ferries if you're lucky, but for transportation, I never knew your dad was a pilot. Did your dad ever fly to your place in Desolation Sound and land? Is there a landing strip there? Yeah, he did. I mean, it's a he it was a float plane, so he would, uh, you know, do a couple circles, and uh, then he, our, depending on the weather, uh, Desolation Sound is very protected inlets, so uh, he he could just pretty much bring it down right in front of the cabin, and then he would tie it up. We have this sort of clothesline thing that we use for our little boat, and he would tie the uh, float plane up to the clothesline and it would just float there in the water as he was at our cabin and uh, that was the first time that I uh, ever was over Desolation Sound was in uh, my dad's float plane and it was this piece of crap where the engine would cut out in the middle of the air and you'd just drop straight down, hit an air pocket, it'd be like being in an elevator with the cable cut. I'd instantly vomit all over the place as a little kid, vomit on the dashboard, vomit on the windshield, vomit on myself. and. Uh, 
So my dad, like, because I would beg him not to take me, he stopped taking me in uh, the float plane. And uh, but he did, and it was a good choice because he did end up crashing twice. He crashed two float planes, and uh, w- both times he ended up upside down. Uh, so the wings down onto the ground, uh, hanging from his seatbelt, and uh, he basically had to uh, unbuckle the seatbelt and fall onto the ceiling of the plane and then crawl out. And uh, both times he was able to walk away from it. Was the plane a write-off? I'm not sure what happened to the plane. By this, by this point, I think it wasn't the same plane. And uh, I'm not sure. One of the, one time it happened in uh, the mountains, like in the Coast Mountains, and the other crash happened in the Caribou area of B.C. Grant Lawrence, have many people arrived at your place via seaplane, like guests of yours? No, never. Never one pulled up? No, never. No, I've never. I've seen a seaplane land out there quite close to the cabin, but I've never seen any of, of my own guests actually fly in to visit us. And you're Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, performing excerpts from Adventures in Solitude this Tuesday, November 9th, 6.30 p.m. at Sitka Books, 2025 West 4th. Also, you're in Powell River tonight in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's northern sister city, Powell River, home of Gary Lupo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Absolutely. They just did a big thing for uh, Gary Lupul a couple of years ago. On page 127 of your book, Grant Lawrence, Adventures in Solitude, there's a promo pic for the smugglers. And it says, the promo photo for the smugglers' last LP, Mutiny in Stereo. Now, how is somebody supposed to read that? Is it last LP or last LP? Well, uh, hopefully they would read it like um, like the most current album, I guess it was supposed to read, um, but I'm not sure. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I really wanted a much earlier promo photo of the Smugglers, and for whatever reason, uh, when it came down crunch time, I could not find any other 8x10s of the Smugglers on a digital file because I, I needed to find it when I was out of town. So I couldn't go through my own files. And that was the only photo that was available. And I talked to Mint Records, I talked to Lookout, and none of them had anything. So we had to go with the most recent one. And I, I didn't really want to. I wanted to go with one from the 90s, but uh, ended up going with one from 2004. I love the way you made it look old. The book designer made it look old, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The book design is really great. Oh, Who did that? Was that Christie? Who did the illustrations? Uh, no, Who did the book design? Uh, the cover of the book is done by a really fantastic Vancouver designer named Naomi McDougall. She does a lot of the books for uh, Douglas and McIntyre, and then a uh, publishing company. And then uh, the inside of the book, like making it all water-stained and... Um, Making it uh, look, make making the photos all look old and wrinkled. That was this strange guy named Five Seventeen. First name Five, last name Seventeen. That's his actual name. He changed his name to Five Seventeen. I've never met this guy. He lives in Vancouver. 
Um, apparently, you know, he'd send me emails all night long, so I guess he's like nocturnal, but he delivered this design and it, it worked. It looks absolutely incredible, and I love the way you also have vintage clippings in the book, like lots of vintage clippings from newspapers. Did you have to fight to have those in the book? Because a lot of times when books are made, the publishers don't want clippings or don't want photos because those cost money. Did you have to pay the province newspaper or the North Shore News for those clippings? Did you have to fight to have those clippings in there? Um, absolutely not. Those are uh, from my dad and my mom's scrapbook, and we just put them in. That's great. <laughs> so we we didn't really ask, and we didn't, you know, we didn't tell anybody. And uh, you know, those old, really, really old province clippings are from like, you know, 1918. I mean, if anything, with the design, I would have liked to have seen the entire clipping. Yeah, they're kind of cut off a bit. Like you couldn't read them totally about the province. Like I wanted to see how the province described your property. And we're speaking here to Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude: Your Property, Your Summer Home in Desolation Sound. I want to see how the province described that in like the early 19th century. How did they describe it? Well, it, what's hilarious with the early province articles that that I clip in the book describing murders and killings and things up here is they the the language that they use the someone would be fired for using that language now um like for instance this one guy went on a shooting rampage and shot uh shot his buddy and shot at a bunch of other people and this was way back in like 1920 and uh when they finally tracked him down he had killed himself blown his head off and where they found him, there was some moonshine jars around and stuff like that. And there was also uh, the, the writer of the province realized that uh, he had done all of this on the full moon. And so as a conclusion to the province article, this writer in the province said, and we, we can deduce that the reason, the motive for the killing spree uh, was the full moon. And, that, and it, he said quite poetically that um, on the night of the shooting spree, one of the most full moons that ever shone, uh, shone down upon Lund, and the uh, effect of the full moon on lunatics is well documented, and therefore that's why he went crazy. And we have a caller. Caller, are you there? Hello, caller. Actually, the caller is not there, and I cut Grant off. And yes, you're listening to the Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show. So, caller, please call back, 604-822-2487, UBC-CITR. And Grant, please phone back, 604-UBC-CITR, 604-822-2487. Again, you're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. We're having Grant Lawrence on the Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show. Grant Lawrence is from the rock and roll band The Schmugglers and has just written a book called Adventures in Solitude, all about desolation sound and him growing up. Later on in Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show, an interview with the rapper Yellow Wolf. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yeah, what the hell is that? Well, I went to the caller and I cut you off and then there was no caller there at all. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for hanging up on me. 
Well, you're right back here on the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. Grant yes, Lawrence. Yes, hello. And if anybody does want to phone back, sorry about cutting you off. 604 you, so you managed to cut off two callers at the same time? Yes, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. And every caller means that 50 people are listening. So I just cut off the one person that's listening. So now there's like 49 people so listening because wh- is of that. that. Whose rule is that? Well, that was a rule that I learned in 1987. Wow. 604-822-2487, 604-UBCCITR. Bring it up to 50 callers if you want an Art Human Serviette radio show. Grant, your book, as I mentioned, Adventures in Solitude. Great layout. I was curious about the particulars of your book, the edge of the book. Why is it that way? Why is the paper the edge? Why is it that way? Well, it's it's a rough edge. You know, it's it's a... Supposed to look. I mean, basically, the whole design of the book was that it's supposed to look like it could have been sitting on a cabin shelf or on the shelf of a sailboat or you know on a on an old cabin cruiser for like decades. So who knows when it's from, but it's been there for ages, and and that's the whole point of it. So it looks a bit water damaged, and people have complained about that. They said, "Oh, mine's wrecked." It's like, well, no, it's supposed to look like that. Oh, my, the cover of mine is stained. But we say, no, that's the way it's supposed to look. But, uh, yeah, that, that's the, the thing we we're going for is a kind of an aged, ragged, rough look. In your book, you mention a lot about ling cod. What about rock cod and snapper in Desolation Sound? Say again? What about rock cod or snapper in Desolation Sound? You talk a lot about ling cod. Right, yeah. Well, ling cod is probably the most common sizable fish in Desolation Sound. Unfortunately, the rock cod got overfished. And what a lot of people don't realize with rock cod and ling cod is that they grow to very, very old ages. They live a long, long, long time. So a rock fish could live in the same area of water for 100 years or 85 years, like a human lifespan. And what people do is once all the big, fat, old fish were gone, all that was left were these little baby fish, these tiny little rockfish, and people kept catching them. And the problem with that is, is that these little baby rockfish, that's like fishing out a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old kid. They're not up to sexual maturity, so they can't reproduce. So it's severely affected the rockfish population all up and down the West Coast. And uh, But the lingcod haven't been affected that badly, so uh, at least in Desolation Sound. So that's if we're trying to get a big fish, lingcod is the, the fish that we, we go for. And, you know, we can get them like two or three feet, sometimes even four feet long. And Grant Lawrence, you've come a long way. Because before, as you said in your book, Adventures in Solitude, you didn't really want to go to Desolation Sound as you got older. You know, you wanted to stay in the city. And similarly, when you were in the city, all you wanted was a completely plain McDonald's hamburger. What was your fixation with that? You only wanted a completely plain McDonald's hamburger. And now you're an expert on, like, the breeding habits of fish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would never touch a filet of fish either. But apparently... Uh, filet of fish is actually a uh, made of sus- a sustainable fish. 
But uh, anyway... You uh, love the completely plain McDonald's yeah. hamburger, and you love Jack in a Box, too, and you love the name Grinch. Yeah, Grinch, actually. I still have that receipt. But, uh, yeah, uh, that was what I ate for many, many years. I was a very plain eater. Uh, when I go to McDonald's or I go to White Spot or whether I, whenever, you know, the Jackson's Beef House, I would order, uh, which is now Nuba, uh, I would order uh, hamburger, meat only, and uh, bun. Meat and bun, nothing else. Not, not a single condiment, not a single vegetable, just meat and bun. No butter, nothing. However, cheese did play into your life. The cheese bag story. Cheese. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Could you please? Okay, the cheese bag story. Well, on the, I think it was probably one of the smugglers' first ever tours, and it was across Western Canada. And uh, we were in a VW van, and it was March. And March in Vancouver is springtime. The daffodils are out, the flowers are out, it's sunny, it's getting warm. And we just naively thought that that's the way it is everywhere. So we, we were completely stunned to get just past hope and hit lots of snow. And uh, then I'm just going to take a drink of water. And you are Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures oh. in Solitude. Thanks for the ID. And then um, we realized... Okay, this is pretty nasty. And we got through the Rocky Mountains, and then we got, um, we thought, well, as soon as we got out of the Rockies, it'll be fine. But once we were in the Rocky Mountains, we realized that the heat in the VW van did not work. So we're driving through the Rocky Mountains. There's snowstorms, there's blizzards, all sorts of craziness. And uh, we, we, we realize that it's so cold in the van that we actually have to wear our sleeping bags, even people in the front seat, the driver. The driver had a sleeping bag on, wrapped around him like an Indian blanket, and uh, driving down the Trans-Canada. And our condensation from our breath, it was so cold inside the van that the condensation would freeze on the inside of the windows. So we were driving, we, were, we got into the prairies and it was like whiteout conditions. And uh, it was so cold that um, we had to stop at a gas station and I had to buy, instead of just fixing the heat, what I did was I bought a package of 20 Bic lighters. And what I did was in both hands, I held them up, uh, sitting in the passenger seat, I held them up uh, against the windshield and melted the ice on the windshield with the flame. And then Dave, the driver, who's come up a lot today, he would lean forward, because you can get really close to the windshield in a VW van, he would lean forward and with one eye look out the hole on the windshield that I had melted and drive down the Trans-Canada at 110 kilometers an hour through a blizzard looking through this hole that was about the size of a hockey puck. So in the meantime, the other guys were in the back of the van, and they were, uh, you know, they were trying to stay warm in their sleeping bags. And uh, bees, our bases, had these horrible, horrible chicken farts from the gas station food. But we realized, well, God, you know, it's possibly a, a source of warmth. So we, we welcomed them. And then um, our drummer, Paul Preminger, rest in peace, uh, he realized that 
that um, he, he realized that uh, our harmonica player, Adam, must have been really, really cold because he was shaking violently in the sleeping bag right beside him on the bench seat. And, and Paul said, oh, you know, Adam, are you? and then he realized, wait a second, Adam's not shivering, he's masturbating masturbating repeatedly into this mummy bag, this, this sleeping bag uh, shaped like a, a mummy's uh, tomb or coffin or whatever you call them. And so that is what kept Adam warm from masturbating into this bag. And it got nicknamed the cheese bag. And, uh, you know, after one of our, our drunken gigs in Amigos or something in Saskatoon, Paul Preminger had a wild night, our drummer, and the next morning uh, he woke up, you know, everybody kind of woke up, and, and uh, he kind of stretched his arms and looked around, and then he screamed at the top of his lungs and said, Oh, my God, I fell asleep in the cheese bag! Ba-boom! And did that inspire you reaching into a koala bear's pouch? No, that had nothing to do with it. What was that about, Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude? Oh, my God. All right. Well, um, when the smugglers eventually managed to tour overseas, uh, we went to Japan and New Zealand, and we also toured Australia. And uh, we got to, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, if we're in Australia, we have to go to a wild game park, you know, one of these Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee-type places, and we got to see... You know, some kangaroos and some wallabies and some platypi, and, and we got to see some, uh, some koala bears. And the, at the koala bear hut, it says, well, you can hold a koala bear. And so I said, oh, well, I should, you know, we should definitely do that. And the other guy's like, no, no, we don't want to do that. And I said, well, I want to do it. So I got in line. And sure enough, I got to hold this koala bear, and it was about, it was pretty heavy. It was heavier than a kid, and it hugs you, sort of wraps its arms around you, and, and it's quite sweet, and it's very cute. And I got to hold it for a while, because they were doing like a staff changeover or something right at my turn. So, you know, I was holding this thing, and I thought, well, you know, what would be neat is if I could put my hand in its pouch. So I started feeling around the nether regions of this koala bear with my free hand, and I thought I found what was its pouch. And so I stuck my hand in it, and this koala bear, which we were told in line was a silent creature, let out this and dug its claws into my shoulder and my neck. Luckily, I was wearing my leather jacket, and, and the claws weren't able to penetrate the leather. And the zookeepers came running over and said, what did you do, what did you do? And they saw where my hand was, and they said, oh, my, give us the koala, give it to us. And they, they ripped the koala bear away. And then a couple of the other rangers grabbed me and said, you've got to leave the park right now. And so they, they started dragging me out, and uh, a couple of the other band members saw me getting shoved through the turnstiles yelling, I thought it was a marsupial! 
another tale from Grant Lawrence. Literally, a tale, a koala tale from Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, a brand new book all about desolation sound. It does contain quite a bit about the smugglers. And Grant, there's quite a bit of media in the book. Like there's, you know, there's the smugglers are mentioned, stuff like that. That's rock and roll. But the CBC is mentioned. For instance, on page 215, page 215, the whole book kind of stands behind your statements on page 215. So if these can be proved wrong, the whole book is pretty much bunk. Can you please explain CBC Radio reception in Desolation yeah, Sound? Well, you, to me, I... You're clueless on this. No, I'm not. In Desolation Sound, I heard Skinny Puppy interviewed on Peter Zowski. Okay, okay. And at night in Desolation yeah, Sound, yeah, you can pick up sounds from all over the world. There's weird wave skips. Plus, there's a secondary transmitter in Desolation Sound for the CBC, so you can pick up the Victoria. Not only the Victoria signal, the Vancouver signal. So you're saying you could not get the Canadian Broadcast okay, no, Corporation no. Look, look, in Desolation Sound. Maybe give people a bit of background on why this is important for your book. Okay, well, look, what, what Nardwar is referring to, and he, he tried to drag down the book launch with this conspiracy theory as well, uh, is basically I told, uh, I freaked out a couple of campers, a couple of kayakers um, who thought they were totally alone, and I emerged from the bushes bleeding, holding a machete, and uh, with a, a bushy beard and twigs sticking out of it and stuff. And I said, well, don't worry. My radio show is on tonight. You can tune into it, 105.7. And they said, okay, you're on CBC? And I said, yes. Yes, you can listen to me. And um, so they said, okay, okay. And then I went back to the cabin, and that night I turned on the radio, and I thought, oh, what have I done? What have I done? Oh, my God. Um, and, of course, here's the thing. Peter Zosky that you're referring to with his skinny puppy interview that you heard in Roscoe Bay or Squirrel Cove, Peter Zosky is on CBC Radio 1. And my show is on CBC Radio 2. So, yes, up in Desolation Sound, we can get CBC Radio 1. I can listen to Q. I can listen to Vinyl Tap. I can listen to Cross Country Checkup. Clear as a bell. We cannot pick up CBC Radio 2 unless you have... I mean, uh, I, I picked that up. Not only that, I picked up Lister Sinclair show Ideas, which was on to, which no, was FM. I, ideas has always been on Radio One. Well, I heard FM CBC up there. There really is CBC FM. You no, can't get it. You cannot get. Look, I have lived up here. I've done my own show on Radio Two, and I know that from our area, every time I try to tune into my show, nothing but static. However, that's your area. It doesn't mean that somebody right beside you couldn't get it. All my neighbors couldn't hear my show ever. Plus, at night, there are wave skips. Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, so you can pick up stuff you can't hear from anywhere else in the world. Desolation Sound has the best reception of radio anywhere oh in the world. Oh, my, you're crazy. You've had a few wave skips, it sounds like. Bam, boom. Grant Lawrence, what can you tell the people about the other islands associated with Desolation Sound? For instance, Texada Island, where Evan Simons lives. 
steps from well, the uneven steps. That's not really associated with Desolation Sound. Well, it's on the way up to Desolation Sound. People pass it if they're going by boat. Yeah, that's true. They do uh, along the Malaspina Strait. It's a, it's a large island. It's the largest island in the Georgia Strait. And uh, it's uh, a hippie enclave. It always has been. And uh, there's a very, very strange island just off of Texada called Lesquiti, uh, where a lot of... Remember when those, those feet were being washed up onto the shore? Indeed. Well, apparently Lesquiti is like where, you know, most of them were ending up. How about Powell River, where you're speaking tonight? Jason Schur's Stuff Fanzine. He actually operated a punk rock record store out of Powell River. Yeah, I stopped by there once when I was on my way up to the cabin. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if he's still around. I think he was writing for the the paper or Powell River Living magazine for a little while, but uh, haven't heard from him in a long time, so I'm not sure what the status of him is. What have you learned, Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, from doing all these in-stores? Have you learned anything new about Desolation Sound that you didn't know, say, last week? Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, if you're familiar with the book The Curve of Time... Uh, by M. Wiley Blanchett, which is kind of like the original book on Desolation Sound. It is famously about this single mom and her five kids cruising around Desolation Sound for many years in the 20s and 30s. And somebody came up to me and said, hey, um, she only had three kids. I'm like, what are you talking about? She had five kids. Everyone knows she had five kids. And, and this person said, no, look, check out all the photos. Check out the book. Um, she only ever mentions three kids, but uh, I looked and I looked at the photos and I looked in the book, and sure enough, she is only mentioning three kids, but she does say there's five, so that's a bit of a mystery. Grant, is your book Adventures in Solitude still number one on the BC bestseller list? Yeah, it's number one on the BC bestseller list, and it's number six on the national nonfiction list. How long has it been there on the BC? Is it a BC two weeks at number one? Um, yeah, I've been two weeks at number one. It started at number seven, then it went to number two, and then it's been number one for the last two weeks. Well, congratulations on that. Moving up the ladder, who do you have to go after? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the next step is, you know, the national list, and we'll see how that goes because I'm about to go on a national tour. What sort of feedback have you got from actual Desolation Sounders? Like, have you got any emails or any letters? Yeah, I just, I just got an email today from a woman who wrote uh, the history of Desolation Sound, and she's like, oh, you know, you got this, this story couldn't have happened here, and this story couldn't happen there. You know... She's a historian, and my book is a memoir. And, you know, my book is people's memories and people's stories. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of myth up here, and there's a lot of legends. And it's, you know, so I just kind of discount and like, whatever, you know. It's funny stories are funny stories, you know. Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, does everyone now that meets you want to go and see your cabin if they've read the book? Um, that is a general sentiment, yes. Are you going to have to have, like, tours? Like, there's Twilight tours so people can see where they shoot the movie Twilight here in Vancouver. Do people want, like, adventures in solitude tours now? Well, there's a kayak company up here called Powell River Sea Kayak, and we have actually talked about doing an Adventures in Solitude kayaking tour.
So turning the whole thing into like you're the troop leader and you take people around? Yeah, like sort of a tour of Disneyland. Have there been any journalists trying to track down people mentioned in your book? Like, for instance, Russell. No, I don't think so. Um, Russell, I think, is working tonight. I think he's driving the taxi cab. So I don't think he's going to be coming to the book launch, unfortunately. But... Um, no, so so far no one's tried to track him down, but uh, he's a very, very hard guy to track down. I have a hard time tracking him down. And Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude, do you have any new neighbors in Desolation Sound? Is your dad still selling land? Yeah, there's three or four places for sale right now, and uh, there's um, one of my new neighbors is Natalie Clancy, the uh, late-night CBC television anchor. Is the book a good ad for selling land? Like, is your dad happy about that? Um, we don't really care about the sales of land. I think, if anything, probably the neighbors up there would wish no more people would come up there. I mean, it's a pretty difficult place to get to. You have to have a boat. There's all these ferries involved. And, you know, it's gorgeous today. Beautiful. And is it sunny down there? No, not at all. Oh, man. It is spectacular up here today. It's beautiful, sunny. Um, we're out on the deck, and unfortunately, I'm in the shade right now. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. The water is really calm. And so, uh, you know, today is great, but there's a lot of times where it's not so nice. Coming up shortly, an interview with Yellow Wolf. And lastly here, Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude. And you're going to be speaking and reading from the book. It's kind of fun because you show slides and stuff to it. Sitka Books, right? This Tuesday, November the 9th, 6.30? Yeah, that's right. 6.30, Sitka Books, 2025 West Force, 6.30, Tuesday, November the 9th in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Grant Lawrence, the author of Adventures in Solitude, will be there. Filth, Grant. Bishi, bishi. The Doty Letters. Could that be your next book? Filth? Bishi Bishi, The Doty Letters? Yes. <laughs> Is that the title? Yes, that's the proposed title. The Doty Letters. Yeah, there, there could be a book called The Doty Letters. I mention that because coming up right now, soon will be an interview with Yella Wolf. And he sampled Millie Jackson, known for the song The Fuck You Symphony and a warning to all listeners tune out please if you're afraid of the word fuck the word fuck is coming up in various degrees very shortly and it made me think what is the filthiest thing that you've seen an actual musician or comedian talk about you told me Grant it was Margaret Cho was she the filthiest person you've ever heard do spoken word or talk yeah I saw her at a pride um, event in San Jose California opening for Pansy Division and Joan Jett and uh, she was pretty over the top, but um, Neil Hamburger uh, is, is, you know, I mean, if, if jokes about rape offend you, you know, Neil Hamburger is definitely, you got to watch out for his comedy. Uh, Gavin McInnes from Vice Magazine apparently got booed off the stage. Uh, at uh, the Olio Festival just a couple of weeks ago. So apparently he is the most offensive that, uh, that is going right now. And what is your show rated this Tuesday, November 9th at Sitka Books, Grant, 6.30 p.m.? PG. PG. So coming up right now is Millie Jackson with Fuck You Symphony and in an interview with the rapper Yellow Wolf, who has a Michael Landon and John Wayne tattoo. And actually, he has a fish tattoo, too. Wow. That's total Grant Lawrence-isms. Any 
else you want to add to the people out there at all? Grant Lawrence, author of Adventures in Solitude. Uh, no, uh, well, just on Tuesday night after you finished uh, picking up the uh, new Lady Hawk album at Zulu Records, come across the street and uh, join the Vancouver is Awesome Book Club at 6.30 p.m. at Sitka Books, brand new independent bookstore. And if people want to contact you, grantlawrence.ca has all the information, right, Grant? That's right. Well, thanks so much, Grant. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Over and out from Desolation Sound. Almost, Grant. <laughs> do do the loot do. Do do. I'm going to do some classical stuff tonight. <laughs> Just for y'all. I'm not going to sing too much of it, but I'm going to make my directing debut. I'm going to direct this shit. Oh, I forgot this was classical. I wasn't supposed to curse, was it? <clears throat> For all y'all hiding my shit. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yellow Wolf uh, from Gadsden, Alabama. Um, here in Vancouver for the second time. I did a show here like about eight or nine months ago. And it was a really dope turnout. And uh, back again with uh, Wiz Khalifa on the Wake and Bacon tour. Uh, AKA Catfish Billy. Um, I'm from a small town, working class town, uh, close to the Talladega racetrack. You know, for all the Ricky Bobby fans, you know. Um, yeah, man, so I just, I'm, I'm here doing my hip-hop thing, you know? Welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Appreciate it, man. It's dope. I was going to ask about that. Colin McKay. Do you know Colin McKay, the skateboarder? Yeah, yeah. Crazy story. He's from here, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I was at I was at Jason Ellis radio show, which is another pro, and I was doing the, the radio show and didn't even realize that it was Jason Ellis the pro. You know, the skate. I grew up on you know skateboarding and shit. And Colin McKay, he was like, Yo, um, you know how I found out about you? I found out about you about through Colin McKay. And um, I was like, What? You found out? You know, you found out about me through Colin McKay. That's, that tripped me out because you know I grew up watching Colin skate and shit. And yeah, he's a, a local uh, local Canadian. But um, yeah, I met him through Jason Ellis, another old school pro. So it was it was dope, man. You know, skateboarding like comes full circle. You know? Vancouver connection and another Canadian connection, Scott Storch. He's Canadian. Yeah, yeah, the Scott Storch. Well, the first time I met Scott Storch, uh, I, I just recently signed to Columbia, and I went out to um, Miami to work with Scott. At his house? Yeah, at his at his uh, his used to be house, I think. Now, you know what I'm saying? Set the scene for that, please, Yellow Wolf. Scott Storch's house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll set the scene. So I'm, I'm skating with all my homies out in, like, you know, slums of Miami, you know what I'm saying? Um, during the day, just nasty, just like 10 skateboarders hopping out of a fucking two-door 87 Honda to go skate during the day. Go take a cat taxi to Scott Storch's Cribs, like this $10 million home with Bugattis and all this shit. So it was real, like, straight pair docks you know so pulling up man you know he he comes out and is you know thousand dollar shades you know what i'm saying and we actually go to work on work on a record called aquanet which is a record i wrote about hair uh white girls hairspray called aquanet and um raekwon was there and that's where i met raekwon uh, on his back porch raekwon was there actually working and um I mean, it was surreal, man. I'd never seen, honestly, that much money in my life, you know. <laughs> everything marble, marble everything. Marble chairs, you know, marble floor, marble ceiling, just marble. Marble and Bugattis. And Yellow Wolf in Canada, Wolf is pretty big, you know that. There's a band called AIDS Wolf. Oh, uh, for real? Nah, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not. And Wolf Parade. That's what's up, yeah. There's a lot of Wolf in Canada. That's good, good. Wolf is good. Wolf pack. Yellow Wolf, it all started under the needle, didn't it? Seattle, the Northwest. Yeah, Seattle. It started under a needle, homeless for me. Uh, I took a bus. There was actually two buses leaving from Alabama that said Washington on the front. I got on the wrong bus. One was going to D.C., one was going to Seattle. I was supposed to be going to Seattle, but I got on the one going to D.C., so I went on up the East Coast, around the top. Five days I spent on a Greyhound bus, ended up in Seattle the, uh, on the 2000, and um, got on a fishing boat out there, you know what I'm saying, did the deadliest catch thing out there. But yeah, I was homeless in Seattle for a while, man, living the, living the grungy life, you know, trying to get on a, a fishing boat. So here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Yellow Wolf, and I thought I would begin here by giving you a little gift, some graffiti Sick. paint. That's what's up. Thank you, man. This is ill. Now tell us about you and graffiti paint. Like you did Christ in the Hood. What was that that you painted? Wow, man. Um, I, I petitioned to do a, a, a city block painting for these kids uh, on Tuscaloosa Avenue, which Tuscaloosa Avenue was um, where 
basically I got into the streets and I started rapping openly in front of my homies and shit and in front of the Elks Lodge on Tuscaloosa Avenue and there's a there's a school called Head Start and I wanted to do a piece for the school for the kids and just really just to put an element of hip-hop in Gadsden you know so I did a city block um, piece called uh, the blue wall the blue wall uh, love and knowledge is power and I wrote down a whole wall and then uh, I had a box Chevy a couple years later after doing that piece it took me two years to get that done to petition it you know what I'm saying people get to get back at me on it years later uh, a couple years later I had a box Chevy and uh, I was trying to sell it and a preacher was trying to buy it for his son and he came to my house and just in conversation he needed some artwork done in his 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 church and he wanted uh he wanted a piece that said Christ in the hood so I did a big piece you know what I'm saying Christ in the hood with like 30 foot Allen Iverson piece you know 20 foot Shaquille O'Neal it was in a basketball gym you know and he wanted something inspirational for his kids to come up in there and, and look at so yeah man I really appreciate this it's dope so you can continue that on the tour right yeah yeah I'm gonna his, I'm gonna hit everything up with this, you know what I'm saying, for real. You mentioned Yellow Wolf, a bit about permission, needing permission to do a lot of spray painting and graffiti and stuff. What are the weird laws in Alabama? I heard there's some really weird laws, like you cannot have an ice cream cone in your back pocket. That's strange. I've never heard of that, but I do believe it, because uh, Alabama is a unique place, you know what I'm saying? They uphold strange laws, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they, hope, they uphold crazy curfew laws and shit like that. As far as getting permission to paint, only when I'm, or when I was trying to do legal paintings, you know what I'm saying, is when I asked for permission. But I started painting in Alabama and Birmingham at all abandoned, abandoned schoolyards when I was like 14 and shit. And, um... Again, just taken from skateboarding and hip-hop culture that I was picking up through through skateboarding, skateboarding videos, and, and homies connected through skateboarding to graffiti writers and shit, and just kind of adopting that shit and bringing it down to the country. Um, but yeah, man, don't don't get caught slipping in Alabama with a spray can. <laughs> it might get caned or some shit. Or an ice cream cone in your back pocket, or you're not allowed to drive barefoot in Alabama. More weird laws in Alabama. That's ridiculous, and they definitely don't uphold that law because my mama drives barefoot all the time. Matter of fact, my mama goes to grocery stores barefoot. My mama does everything fucking barefoot in the summertime. So that shit don't apply. What's the Colonial Mall like? <laughs> Full carpet. Front to back carpet. It's one strip. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the closest thing we have to cool is a pack sun. You know what I'm saying? You might be able to get you some DC, some uh, rogue status, some young and reckless shit, which I back young and reckless and and rob and drama. Um, so that's probably the, the, the closest you're going to get to anything hip outside. Um, but yeah, full carpet. Every weekend, old people are, are, are doing laps. You know what I'm saying? They go in there and exercise and shit. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the Colonial Mall, you know, it's like... A lot of fights have went down at Colonial Mall, you know, classics. There's no sports teams for Alabama, like no professional sports teams in Alabama, is there? I don't get it. Uh, Alabama needs a pro football team, like for real. If we had a pro football team, there's no doubt we would win Super Bowls. But the sweatpants are important, right? Yeah, the sweatpants are important. Anything with Alabama on it is important. Sweatpants for me, I like sweatpants first of all. But it's Stood up in my... 
Yeah, Crimson Tide on the Bama Sweat Pants and through my pillow. Yeah, sorry. If they say Crimson Tide on them, I'm rocking them. Over to Birmingham, Alabama. Totem. Who is Totem? He's a graffiti guy, isn't he? Yeah, Totem, actually, uh, I used to skateboard with Totem, and he's from a spot called Gunnersville, Alabama, which is up the street from, uh, from Gadsden, like between Gadsden and Huntsville, Alabama. And I used to hang out in Gunnersville with my mom. My mom was a young mother, she's like 16. So she used to party in Gunnersville at the lake and shit. And not knowing we were around Gunnersville around the same time. I met him years later in ATL, skateboarding at Peachtree, Peachtree Skate Spot. Uh, Cause he used to skateboard all the time around the city. Turns out, just you know, he's one of the most brilliant graffiti writers ever. Honestly, man, uh, Totem is is a beast. And uh, but yeah, met him on the streets skateboarding same way. Turns out he just, he's he's an Alabama head too. Yellow Wolf, did you once get suspended for rapping about your teacher's toupee? <laughs> I actually did not get suspended for rapping about his toupee. But I did get suspended about rapping about the bars on the windows and shit and, like, talking about the reality of the school. The school's called Carter Lawrence Middle School. It's right in the center of the projects in Nashville, Tennessee. We were buzzed down from uh, Antioch out to Tennessee uh, to do um, – because they wanted to integrate the schools, you know. And um, so they bust us from Antioch down from the apartments in Antioch down to downtown to Carlton Arts Middle School. And, I, you know, we were just influenced by, you know, all the gangster rap that was going around, just trying to imitate that shit. And uh, I was writing some rhymes with full, of, full of profanity and shit. And I was making copies in the office, and he snatched it out of the copier and read it, you know, told me that it was ridiculous and suspended me. But my mom got me back in school that day, actually, cussed him out. They never really liked us. They didn't like me or my mom because we were just kind of rebellious, you know what I'm saying? So, But, yeah, he did have a toupee, and his name was Dr. Kersey. And if he's watching this, fuck you. Yellow Wolf, I want to ask you about parents. Parental advisory. What can you tell the people about this band, this crew, and your connection to you, your manager? Yeah, man, this is PA, the classic. I can't believe it. Wow, look at this. This right here is KP. This is Kawan Prather. I've actually never seen this fucking album cover, man. Fucking dope, man. Yeah, man, PA was the first to put it down, really, for Atlanta. And after this group, uh, KP uh, went on to be a fucking one of the best A&Rs in the game. Honestly, he brought OutKast you know, to the game, TI to the game. And, uh, now Yellow Wolf to the game. Yeah, now Yellow Wolf. So this right here, Kawan Prather, this is the owner of Ghetto Vision. This is Ghetto Vision Interscope. And, uh, and this is his crew way back when. This is his crew. He's the DJ, man. And uh, he killed it, man. This is, this, is, this is sick right here. This is dope. And believe it or not, he helped hook you up with Millie Jackson, didn't he? What can you tell the people about that? Yeah, um, Millie Jackson. We sampled Fuck You from Millie Jackson. And this was on uh, Trump Music. And we had actually uh, the blessings from Millie Jackson uh, to use the sample. Actually, her daughter came out. And that was through KP, wasn't it? This was through KP. He's so connected, you know, Millie Jackson's daughter. Yeah, yeah, he's very connected, man. He's, he's, he's a good dude, man, and uh, he's made great connections. And he, his, her, uh, her daughter came out, and actually we did the vocals on uh, Fuck You uh, in the studio. So you're hearing Millie Jackson's daughter on Fuck You, actually. So, yeah, man, dope. And you are? I'm Yellow Wolf, Catfish Billy, Slick Ricky Bobby, Jake the Alabama White Snake. Uh, yeah. 
Yellowf, I think it's totally amazing that you have a tattoo of a fish and a tattoo of... John Wayne, yeah. yeah. Michael Landon. Oh, Michael Landon, okay. Now that is totally gangsta. What can you tell the people about your Michael Landon tattoo? Uh, I, was after, I was actually named after Michael Landon. And Little House in the Prairie and Bonanza. Yeah, yeah. And John Wayne, my mom, you know, my mom was in love with Michael Landon. And John Wayne, she was also in love with. So she named me, my, my name is Michael Wayne. So, um, yeah, Michael Landon and John Wayne, I had tatted on my arm. Actually, just so you... We go Yellow Wolf explaining Michael Landon and John Wayne and the fish. The fish, too, right? That's cool. The fish. See Michael Landon right there on the arm? And there's John Wayne. You know, again, just... Uh, Showing my heritage, you know, paying respects to mom, you know, because, uh... Because you're Yellow Wolf. She's got dope flavor, yeah, and she's cool as fuck. The catfish actually represents, um, I, I was born on the Coosa River, you know, off the Coosa River, the Baptist Hospital, and, um, catfishing and catching catfish is just part of the culture, you know what I'm saying? So it represents not only that, but just being a bottom feeder and surviving on the bottom, you know, because uh, that's what it's like being from a small town and, and having to fight your way up to the surface. Well, Gadsden seems pretty cool. Like a car and truck show opened up for you. You got a car and truck show to open up for you, Yellow Wolf? Yeah, yeah. I really want to, you know, I, part of the culture in the South is just cars, period, you know, but cars and trucks especially, and in Gadsden, Alabama specifically, cars and trucks is really just the main state, you know. It's always there. Every time I go home, it's like a comfort, you know. You're always going to see the big trucks, the big pipes, big tires. You're always going to see the old school, the dunks, you know what I'm saying, all the D-boys out, you know, uh, all the hustlers and shit. So I, I just wanted to bring that together, do the car show and the big truck show to, to open up my hometown, my homecoming show, the first show I ever did in Alabama. You do a lot of shows like Elks Lodges and stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well... That's 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 our venue out there, you know what I'm saying? And Gadsden, we don't have the big hip-hop venues, you know? We got Elks Lodges, and everything goes down there. And if it's Bingo or Lil Wayne, they're all coming to the, the Elks Lodge to do it, you know what I'm saying? Little Wayne at Elks Lodge? Yeah, absolutely. We've had him. We had him at 231 Elks Lodge. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it is. How about Cave Nine? Have you heard of that venue? It's in Birmingham. It's like a punk venue. I've never been to Cave Nine. Um, You're down with the punk, aren't you? Like the Food Not Bombs and stuff. And you just played CBGB's, The Basement. Yeah, man, I just did CBGB's. The Basement. Like CBGB's is closed, but you did The Basement. What was that like? Crazy. Uh, the, the, my, that was my, my Fader cover party. And um, it was amazing, man. Uh, Fader, man, they, they gave me my first cover. And, you know, and uh, shit, man, I, I, there's nothing else to say about that, man. I'm just honored to be a part of that family, man. But, yeah, that venue especially was dope, you know. Well, winding up here, Yellow Wolf, I want to ask you about some other rappers that you might know something about. Right here, Milkbone. Oh, wow, Milkbone? What can you tell people about the Milkbone? <laughs> uh, Milkbone was, I remember seeing Milkbone on, um, on Rap City and, um, he was like really one of the first white like prolific rappers at that time. He had a Nas, AZ feel, I remember. And uh, I never got too much into his records, but I always thought it was really dope that he represented, you know what I'm saying, that delivery style. And uh, I never had a Milk Bone record in my life. But um, Would you like this Milk Bone record at all? I'll take it, I'll take it. I'll listen to it too. 
Yeah. And also, I'd like to ask you, Yellow Wolf, winding up here, could you tell me a bit about Rich Boy? He's not from your town, but he is from Alabama, right? The Rich Boy. Yeah, man, absolutely. This is my homie. I, I, um, I met Rich Boy through my homeboy, Jim Johnson. And I went out to Miami to work with Rich Boy and Jim Johnson. He's from Mobile, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but Jim Johnson made that connection for us. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I mean, Rich Boy is dope as fuck. He actually was the first to have a mainstay international record. You know, throw some D's is still playing to this day. Most everywhere you go, like I, you can go to Miami right now to like some bougie club or you can go to the hole wall club and throw some d's is still playing so rich boy really really got a banger on his hands man and and he's just a dope he's a dope dude man you know he looked like rose with his uncle his uncle's his manager you know what i'm saying and um he represents alabama perfectly to me man he's dope as fuck yeah yellow wolf your chevy broke down and you had to hide from the cops for five days why was that why'd you have to hide from the cops for five days after your chevy broke down on the side of the road <laughs> well uh Riding dirty, I guess, you know. Um, me and my homie Shawty Fat, I actually just got that Chevy back. It cost me more money to get that Chevy out of the impound than it did to actually buy the car in the first place. But, uh, you know, it, it, the engine just basically hit the ground. It fell out of the motherfucker. And we're, so we're running up 20 with our luggage, you know what I'm saying? Hit up under a fucking bridge. And so my homeboy Willpower picked us up off 20 and took us to ATL, man. And yeah, I just left the truck there and hit out, man. And um, had to duck, had to duck for a little while. And then I, you know, it was like, like 10 months maybe later, and I, I had to pay like 3,500 to get it back. And it only cost me two stacks to buy it. But the impound was more expensive than actually. You know what I'm saying? The car was to buy in the first place. Yellow Wolf, you recently met a famous white MTV rapper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eminem, yeah. I, no, Justin Bieber. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was... Uh, you met Bieber. Yeah, I met Bieber, the Biebs. Uh Yeah, I seen him outside a hotel, and um, he was just leaving. So I said, what up, Biebs? Let me get a photo. He's like, he's like... Yeah, dude seriously looked at me like this, like, alright. I was like, alright, cool, let's do it then. I tried to throw the birdie up and get a birdie finger with the beebs, you know what I'm saying? But his manager wasn't playing that shit, so he was like, no, 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 you can't throw the birdie finger, you can't throw the birdie finger. So I got a little regular ass photo with him, but I was trying to do something crazy. Well, Yellow Wolf, lastly, lastly here, you're mentioning Eminem. What do you think about dolls? Do you think you ever get a doll like Eminem? Oh, oh my God. Uh, maybe. I don't know if mine will look like this. Mine will probably come with a box Chevy. Or could your could your doll look like this at all? The vanilla ice doll. <laughs> I need to change my hair, dude. I might need a little, uh, a couple slices in the eyebrow. You know what I'm saying? Well, here dolls. Here's something that might be doable. This is something that might be doable, and you gotta give this guy props, eh? Paul Wall bobblehead. Is that doable? Ah, uh, that's doable. Paul Wall is the man. Matter of fact, Paul Wall just did me a grill, a solid, a solid grill. I did a record with him and Travis Barker, and uh, <laughs> he ended up doing me a grill. Uh, the record's called Live It, and um, I'm sorry, this is the. <laughs> This is a lot right now. Alright, cool. Look at these three white ass rapper dolls. <laughs> Yo, 
Yo, I definitely I need one on this shelf, man. These are tight. Yeah, I fought with them. For sure. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Yellow Wolf? Uh, man, you know, it's just an honor to be up here in Canada again. And, uh, nah, man, just stay tuned and do your research on me, man. Obviously, this gentleman did his research, man, and, and I really appreciate that, dog, for real. Thank you very much, Yellow Wolf. Really appreciate that. Yeah, man. No, seriously, because, you know, the the art of dope interviews is dead and gone. So, man, this was really dope, man. I appreciate this, too. And if you'd like, you can have the parental guidance record that's buried in there. I, cool, cool. Yeah, thank you. I will keep it. And uh, are you going to take all your dolls back, too? Yes, I will. Well, thanks so much, Yellow Wolf. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 is that it? Yeah, do 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 do. I'm done, man. I'm yeah, done. I think you did do it. I think you did do it. Ah, holler at you, man. Yellow Wolf is styling on DJs. 
You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwar to Human Serviette radio show. That there was Yellow Wolf with Trunk Music. And before that, an interview with Yellow Wolf. Don't forget that on November 7th, Scythia is going to be playing at Funky Winter Beans. Winker Bean, sorry, 35 West Hastings in Vancouver. That's Scythia. And also... Tomorrow, Saturday, November 6th, at the Railway Club, 64 Funny Cars, Budokan, and Wilderness Years are going to be playing, as well as the debut of Friday Night All-Stars. That's formerly Pretty Vanilla. So that's tomorrow at the Railway Club, 64 Funny Cars back together. The 80s, 90s Canadian campus rockers, plus Budokan, featuring members of Bum, Smugglers, and Pigment Vehicle, Wilderness Years, featuring members of Destroyer, former members of Destroyer, Rich Hope, Rodney DeCrew, Carolyn Mark, Papalomas, and the debut of Friday Night All-Stars, formerly Pretty Vanilla. Right now, to end an Ardwarta Human Serviette radio show, here is Michael Landon, somebody that Yellow Wolf has tattooed on his body. And this is Michael Landon from the Bonanza soundtrack with the track... Careless Love on an Ardwar Human Serviette radio show. And it's the news. How about my song now, Adam? You are, Joe. What'll it be? Careless Love. Oh, the story of your life. Hey, don't be jealous, man. No need to be. Might even start you off. Love, oh, love, oh, careless love. Love, oh, love, oh, careless love. Tell you what careless love can do It's gone and broke this heart of mine It's gone and broke this heart of mine It's gone and broke this heart of mine It'll break that heart of yours sometime I cried last night and the night before I cried last night and the night before I cried last night and the night before Gonna cry tonight, then cry no more I love my brothers and my papa too I love my brothers and my papa too I left them all for loving you. Left them all for the love of you. 
careless love can do. You see what careless love can do. You see what careless love can do. Make you leave your brothers and your papa too. Careless love no more. Don't need that careless love no more. Now you sure were in the right mood, Joe. That was very good. Now maybe we can get our guest to join us in a song. Uh, how about Skip to Malou? Hey, that's a real good idea. And while you singers are singing, I'm gonna go get me some. 